Terrence. What's going on, podcast world? It's your man, Terrence J. Welcome to the show. We're doing a three-part series on this uh, good topic. Uh, we're talking about the debate, you know, and I got some special guests with me. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting with the ladies. Hi, everybody. My name is Damaris. I'm here from the Melanin Personified podcast. Hi, I'm Amber George. I'm here from the Ender Rambles podcast. That's what's up. That's what's up. Nice to come. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. All right, fellas over there. Uh, welcome to yourself. Uh, my name is Terrence. I'm go by Terrence S. today, and I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. All right, that's what's up. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, we're talking about the debate, you know, and we end up bringing a discussion at the round table and we're talking about the debate that ended up happening. I know a lot of people um, wanted to talk about it. It was so much was going on after the debate. Um, ladies, we're going to start with y'all first. How do y'all feel about the debate and how did you feel like the debate went? Uh, I feel like the debate was very telling. Uh, I don't feel like many of the American people got their answers, their, the answers to the questions that they've had. So we're definitely going to have a second debate, hopefully with a different moderator that can really pull answers from these two candidates. Uh, for me, it was kind of a pissing contest uh, between the, the president and our former vice president. Uh, I just... I'm alarmed by the very frank response that Trump has given with regards to his position on white supremacy. And I am also concerned by Biden's lack of response about plans to address police brutality against African-Americans. That goes without saying, but then we don't have much information about how they're going to handle the economy. Uh, about how they're going to handle much of anything just yet. I don't feel like we have any in-depth responses. So of the things that they did say, like I'd, I'd like to address them here, but I feel like there's just so, so much more to come. Right, definitely understand that, definitely understand that. Um, Amber, how did you feel about the debate? I feel like the debate debate was a hot-ass mess. I was not surprised by anything that happened at the debate at all. Honestly, the only thing that I was surprised about was the moderator. I really thought that he would be able to wrangle Trump more than he did. He was just very overwhelmed and very frazzled very quickly. Um, The takeaways that I got were that Trump is very brilliant at being an antagonizer and he's a, an amazing marketer because he answered no questions directly at all. He also just interrupted at any chance he got. He nothing was left like no stone was left unturned, low blows, high blows, everything. He was going to do anything to just distract Joe Biden to not answer any questions. Then on the side of Joe Biden, I felt like he was just being way too nice to Trump. He should have met him where he was at because anytime in that debate when he did tell him to shut up or when the moderator did tell him to be quiet, Trump listened. So I felt like that was a missed opportunity for Joe Biden. He also is very frazzled. He's easily frazzled. He had a stuttering issue that he's come out and said that he had. There were just missed opportunities for him. I felt like anybody that was an undecided voter 
is still left undecided and it did not move the meter anyway for any of these candidates. If you were voting for Trump before that debate, you probably still are. And if you were voting for Joe Biden uh, before that debate, you probably still are. Okay, definitely, definitely understand that. Now, Terrence is talking to you and going over everything that's been going on. Have you seen any improvement uh, from the president in the last four years? Or how do you actually feel about it? Well, I guess I lost him. Oh, that was a question for me. Oh, yeah. My apologies. Um, improvement? No. The only thing that I've seen him actually improve in is his way to bully pretty much everybody. He has, he really does have a way with his words, like, um, young lady said. And I'm thinking, well, I'm feeling him being the president has a play in that because a lot of people don't want to cross him. But in the same instance, you know, just like, just like America, we always stand up for ourselves and he has really, wore that like he's just an all-around bully and to answer the question no i haven't seen anything being done period right right definitely understand that now from you being from the south do you think racism still exists yeah i think uh racism has literally graduated and um is working on his masters right now okay like really trying to make light of a dark situation, but racism hasn't went anywhere. And coming from, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm from the South and, you know, having a white grandfather and dude, I've went through it growing up. You know, I get got teased a lot for having a white grandfather growing up in the hood. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are ways to get around it and there are ways to deal with it. But, you know, you have to have a thick skin living in this country, period. Right, right. Definitely understand that. Definitely understand that. Um, With your military background that you have, would you actually go and reinstate? No comment. All right, I got you. I got you on that. Um, ladies, with y'all being up in the north, do y'all feel like racism still exists? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it has not gone anywhere. Uh we were talking in a different conversation about how racism is displayed differently in the north than it is in the south. But uh, we experience so much microaggressions. We experience a lot of redlining in our communities. Uh, racism has taken its toll <laughs> on just about every area of our lives. Uh, it's just not a, you know, you're a nigger. It's in our workplaces. It's in the supermarket. It's everywhere. So, yes, racism is alive and well, which I don't think was a major issue in this debate, though. Like, we know what it is. It's just what are our constituents going to do to change the laws that govern law enforcement because they're not suitable and our people are dying. So, I think race 
from a personal from a world the world i live in yes absolutely right racism is real it lives and breathes it's in every aspect of life um from a personal spiritual point i feel like i'm very aware that race is a construct and the real issue is classism um from the debate stage i agree with damaris it was not even a point of discussion it had less time it wasn't even mentioned it really was just kind of like a breeze over point but my hope is that people that did watch the debate can realize that the presidency in that seat is more of like a pr person for the united states versus who your mayor is who your superintendent is who are on the board of education in your town who is your governor who is your um, House of Representative? Who is representing you? That is the person that is the most critical, that is going to be make the biggest changes in your life. And a perfect example of that is us talking about how Southern racism and Northern racism are two different things, right? Especially in the North, when we're talking about systematic racism, racism lives in the North in very systematic ways. And it's very manipulative. It's almost like you have to think twice. You have to really double check. You go home and you think about it later. And that really should be on the weight and on the minds of regular people. And they need to tell their mayor, tell their governor, tell their constituents, all of these people. They need to let them know that these things are happening in their town because that's the only way it's going to change. All that happens in the presidency is it gives people a voice who won. When Trump won, it made black people feel like we are powerful. We got this. We've overcome so many things. I'm going to try these things. I'm going to give my life a chance. When Trump won, all it did was get all these gremlins out their cave to act a damn fool. That's all it did. So, yes, the presidency is important because it empowers a group of people in the United States. But we need to empower ourselves in realizing that change begins with you and understanding that race is a construct and socialism and all classism is the real issue right definitely understand that definitely understand that now you know the big talk now is the fact about that um trump and his wife end up testing positive for the coronavirus do you feel like it's a host or or how do you actually feel about it uh, regardless of whether or not it's a hoax, it says a lot about his presidency in the last year because I personally feel like his administration dropped the ball completely when it came to protecting and providing solutions for the American people. And he really undermined the seriousness of this pandemic and for him to have it whether it's a ploy or not, speaks a lot to his discernment and his authority. So if it's a ploy, he's working against himself. And if it's not, it's still working against him. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, either way, I mean, from, from a moral standpoint, you know, it sucks that if he and his wife actually do have it, especially because they have in the past couple months been traveling so much like they haven't heeded any of the warnings that the CDC or any of scientists have been saying he's still even at the debate was like, well, of course, Biden, you're not holding rallies, not because of safety reasons, but because there's you don't have that many followers um, instead of saying, you know, 
I'm going to protect the American people so I won't hold these rallies where these thousands of people are going to come. So I wonder how many people he actually did come in contact with further spreading the disease during this pandemic. So I just, for me, it makes him look foolish. He just looks extremely foolish. Um, so whether it's a ploy or not, it's really just not a win for Trump. All I got to say is when Jesus says yes, can't no, nobody can stay no. When Jesus says there's a plague, there's a plague. There ain't nothing you can do about it. I don't care if you think or thought. That man is the most protected person in the arguably the world. You are the president of the United States. And a virus still penetrated your dumb behind. I think from the, I personally was like, I felt like it wasn't real. But then when he had, he went to the hospital and other people that were around him got it. They're calling him a super spreader, which he is. So that's horrible. Then the second thing is, I agree with Jamaris. I feel like this is like a thing that changes the needle, that tilts the needle the other way. Because those people that were voting for him and listening to him and honoring what the president was saying, not wearing their mask, and they see what happened to him, that's really going to change the minds of some people that were going to vote for him. They're either not going to vote at all or they're going to vote the other way. That's what I think. Right, right. Which I definitely understand that. Um, my take on it, you know, um, in the beginning, I always thought it was a hope when it ended up coming out to saying that he was tested positive, you know, and and I waited on. It's sad to say I waited on TMZ to confirm it because it seems like when it comes to TMZ, anything TMZ pretty much says, it's like 98, 99 percent accurate so i waited on tmz to come out with um their statement first and then i realized like okay this is legit here and so i sat back and thought about it to the fact of that this virus don't have no name on it you know like yes you know you could be protected in all type of ways but he was still able to get the virus where did he get the virus from don't nobody know who he was around. Don't nobody freaking know, you know, when it came to him catching the virus. But for him and his wife to catch the virus, that is something serious. Now, for me, being a human being, I don't wish no death on anybody. I know he's a fucked up person. He got his he got his ways, but I don't wish no death on anybody when it comes to the coronavirus. Now, I want him to get well, you know, and I want him to. Take this election like a man. If you're going to lose, I want you to lose like a man. I don't want you to win because of you got sick and people felt sorry for you and they wanted to vote for you because of you were sick. Like, no, I want you to stand up and take this election like a man. If you're going to win, you win. If you're going to lose, lose. If you lose, walk out with your head up, say I did my best four years that I could and get on about your business. But at this point, you know, it's looking like, well, shit, you you sitting up here fumbling with the ball. You playing with the ball more like a Belichick. The way that I look at it with the situation. Me personally, yeah, me personally, I, when I first heard it, I was I was in shock. I was like, wow, the un, the impenetrable president of the United States. Oh, coronavirus, who many people have lost loved ones to, you know, like T was saying, like me personally, I really don't wish death upon no one. And 
it's really taking people out. Now, I do know some people who really don't care for the president and were ecstatic. Like, oh, yeah, perfect time for him to, for the Simpsons to get it right, so to speak. I don't know if y'all saw that episode of President um, President Trump, you know, being deceased in a casket on the Simpsons, but like, but me personally, I think it was pretty much like a publicity stunt. It was a hoax. I really don't believe he has it. Like, I don't wish anyone to have it, but yeah, um, I don't believe he really has it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. You know, I just want to say that the Simpsons haven't been wrong. I don't wish death on nobody, neither. I do not either. I agree with both of you. I agree with both of you guys. Like, from a moral standpoint, I do. It's like, dang, don't that that sucks because it really has been taking people out. It's been really, really that's this. This is serious stuff. Nobody wants to see somebody go through anything like that. And I kind of feel iffy when I see people all excited, like, oh, like. He has it, and they're so happy and jubilant. It's like, bruh. But, you know, but I get, I get why. But I it, get why. But in a consequential format, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When you take the oath to be the president of the United States, you vow to protect the people. When Trump decided to use the information about the virus and not immediately go through all of the precautions necessary to save people, and then when he talked about all the people who were dying, it was very nonchalant. And it's almost like one of those karmic things. Yeah. Like, you really didn't care about the lives of thousands, of hundreds of thousands, hundreds of, of, thousands people. of people. So much to the point where you were so nonchalant. If it was your sister or your brother or your mother or your father, I know a young lady who lost her mother and her grandmother. Another woman who lost her son and her husband. That's changed the dynamic in the course of their entire life. So, for me, it's like... For me, it's just the idea that I don't wish death on anybody, but there's a consequence for everything that we do. And Donald Trump, for the longest time, was trying to convince the American people that how we felt and what we saw was unreal. The coronavirus was not real. The coronavirus wasn't taking as many lives. The media was lying. And unfortunately, the media is one of the most corrupt things that we have because it's controlled. That's why these podcasts and people being able to use their own voices and they're not being puppeteered by marketing ploys and by big corporations matters and it's important because all of it is about numbers and blocks and segments and demographics and all of that stuff it has nothing to do with pouring and giving and offering accurate information it's like who can we manipulate to maintain these businesses so they can maintain their revenue that's what it's about and power you know if you control the masses Mm -hmm. and what they think about and the things that they do, then you have power over them. But for me, in this particular situation, I feel like Donald Trump bred a generation of people who don't care about others. And now it's just everything is kind of coming full circle for the end of his presidency. So, you know what? No, I don't wish death upon him. But I just feel like for all of the people out here, 
who had to go through this because their president decided that their lives weren't as important. He now has to understand on a personal level what they've been feeling. So he has my grace and my prayers, but sometimes it has to happen to you in order for you to really get it. And we've lost way too many people. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, do you feel like the VP debate should happen, uh, continue to happen, since with all that's going on with the president end up catching the coronavirus? I feel like it should happen, um, and it can happen virtually. It doesn't need to happen in person. Um, we have all of these great technological advances and we don't put them to use. The rest of the American people have been virtual learning, virtual working. So why can't we still get what we need? Because they still expect us to go out and vote on November 11th. Why can't they make this happen? November 3rd? Oh, I thought it changed. My bad. It nope. Maybe it's just me because I, listen, <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um but, I mean, we get, we're not going to have a choice. We're going to have to get out here and we're going to have to vote. Whether you voted through the mail or you're going to have to go out here to these voting polls, you got to vote. So we need to hear from them. Because why are we electing a president and a vice president if we don't have all the information that we need? They really should have postponed the election, if I'm honest with you. But that wasn't going to happen. Um, and I feel like we need to hear from them, especially from print, from Pence. Pence has not been as vocal during these times. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, Pence is more of a problem for the American people than even Donald Trump. So I'd really like to hear what he is going to say. I think what he says is going to make a difference. And um, I feel like Kamala Harris should have her time on the stage as well. So... Yeah, me personally, I do think it should happen. I like to see a good fight. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but it just like just like she said, like with the like with the presidential debate, like I really, really feel like we all should know what take on everything is as well. I mean, just because the president is the the head. There's the reason why we have a vice president. We need to know where the kids are as well. And especially with, like, my main focus, especially with what I do for a living and with small businesses, I didn't want to really too much touch on that, but, like, I really feel like the economy is really important, especially for these people who are scratched, fighting tooth and nail to stay above water so to speak so yes i really really need for that to happen right which i definitely understand i definitely understand that um all we could do is just sit back and wait you know until the next debate come and and see exactly you know like hey what's the next call what's the next topic what's the next situation that's going to end up happening when the next debate ends up coming along is it going to be the same situation like trump and biden are they going to sit back and fuss and argue of each other are they going to over talk each other um you know like we really want to know you know like hey is the president and the vice president the same you know is the uh, president candidate and the and the 
vice president candidate is the same. You know, like we really want to we really want to know. So, you know, we just American people just sitting back and waiting and that's all we could pretty much do. I mean, I, I sometimes when we speak, it sounds like we are powerless when we are powerful. So I don't really want to say it's one of those situations where we just have to sit back because really, no matter who the POTUS is, we have work to do. And it's our responsibility to uphold this civics and government, you know, uh, and let's just say other times, because I don't want to give an exact year, uh, when the government wasn't doing what we were supposed to be doing, the reason why we, we, we created a democratic republic was to get those people out of office. Um, currently, the Constitution isn't serving us. This Constitution that was written. Currently, it hasn't ever been serving African Americans. <laughs> but legitimately, 80% of the population. But it just needs to go. You know, we're, we, are, we are standing on. You know, a foundation built by slaves, but controlled by the minority as far by as I'm whiny <laughs> land owning <laughs> Caucasians. That's the country that. was built on whiny, complaining Caucasian white male men that hadn't owned slaves and had the gall and audacity to say that Great Britain was treating them like slaves with a tea tax. So when people are constitutionalists and they talk about, oh, the Constitution's not working, the Constitution works perfectly. It works just fine. It just was not made for anybody no. but Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's just, uh, the, the large gap in wealth in America is very telling when it comes to this idea of the American dream. This pandemic has shown us just how much uh, relying on the federal government has worked for the majority of the people who live here. In the time that we've had this pandemic going on, they've given one stimulus check. One. <laughs> one <laughs> stimulus check. While other countries were bailing out people as far as their rent, letting them know that they were not only going to financially take care of them, make sure that they were healthy and safe, but there was going to be no stress and the government got it. But we're supposed to be one of the richest nations in the world. And over like right 50%, over 50% of the population qualified for the stimulus. And you got, you received the stimulus if you made under $75,000 a year. But we're the greatest and richest nation. No, if that many American people can even that need a stimulus, and there's there's so many college educated people. There's so many people that's going to college and they're still getting these jobs and they're still struggling like that to not make seventy five thousand dollars. I only knew one person personally that did not qualify for the stimulus check. One, and I went to college. So I know a lot of college graduates. <laughs> hmm. So for me, it's that you know they're letting people suffer. And that's uh, why I said, rich, you know. And that's why I said that vice president debate needs to happen because if he, if Pence tried what he tried, what Trump tried against Biden, he would lose. He would lose because you're not gonna overtalk a woman. 
I think that would be civil, though, because Trump is Trump. You know, in any other debate that everybody is talking over, is like real tiny stuff. It's not like that. That was like some bullshit. And Pence ain't built like that. Pence is not going to try to say much, if I'm honest, unless he is provoked to. Uh, he is not a very boisterous human. He's just very racist. <laughs> so when it comes to him talking to a black woman, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds in his mannerisms. Right. I didn't want to use that adjective, but hey, you did it for me. I'm going to speak very loud to us. Right, exactly. You're right. Definitely waiting and definitely going to see. Definitely waiting and definitely going to see. Um, yes, I want to thank my guests for coming on. Um, this is definitely a conversation that we're going to continue to um, discuss, you know, because it definitely need to continue to discuss, you know, because of November 3rd is around the corner. So it's like, hey, what people are going to do? The American people are going to speak. Definitely that. But yes, I want to thank my guests for coming on. And my name is Terrence J and we out.